Are you ready to run your short-term rental business like a super host? If so, look no further than Guesty for Hosts. Guesty for Hosts offers listing management for all three major OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. With Guesty for Hosts, you can create a branded direct booking website in minutes. I've been able to hit 61% direct bookings in my business and automate daily tasks such as communication with cleaners and communication with guests. Click the link in the show notes to get an additional $20 off your first month. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I am good on this beautiful Friday. How you doing, my man? Oh, pretty good, man. Another another um, crazy week of the Airbnb life. You know how we do. All right, man. This is episode 197 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Home Away, Uber, Lyft, all that share economy stuff, fun stuff, podcast in the world, coming at you from Arlington and Fort Worth, Texas. And Dallas, Texas. And Argentina. And Buenos Aires, Argentina. (laughs) Yes, sir. We got the whole family, the whole Live, Let, Thrive family on the show today, Micah. Yeah. Who we got, Steve? We got Federico. How you doing, Zimmerman guys? from Buenos Aires, Argentina, my partner in crime and Argus Reynolds. And we got Mike, downtown Mike Brown up in this mug. How y'all doing? Mikey B. Doing great, doing great. Uh, Glad to be here. Glad to be here. <laughs> we'll see how this mashup goes, man. It's good to have y'all on. What's new, this is Mikey be B? Fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, man. I it's heard. Friday, by the way. It's Friday, so we're gonna have some drinks. I hope you don't mind. Hope you don't mind. Salute. Cheers. Way. Yeah, cheers. And there's, not, there's no coffee. <laughs> in here, guys. So, yeah. Hey, hey, not only are we having drinks, but we have a drinks for a reason. Steve and Federico got some good stories for us today. So, uh, <laughs> let Federico oh, tell the we, 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 we gonna start the, the podcast off with you two today. So, <laughs> so like, y'all need a drink. As a matter of fact, next time I see y'all, buy you a drink. Yeah, you know, let, let me get it from the bottle straight. Straight from the bottle. Straight from the bottle. So what's going okay. on in the artist world, man? Go All right, so we're good at account suspended. <laughs> if any of our clients are listening right now, your listens are fine. Don't worry, it's just ours. Um, and it's getting resolved very, very fast. Um, but it's a lot of less lessons learned after what happened. All right. So long story short, we had an inspection at a building. Um, we sent, we should a message to every guest staying on those buildings, actually, because it was it's two buildings, uh, telling them, you know, tomorrow there's going to be um, an investor's in- inspection. Please let them in. Uh, sorry for the inconvenience. Um, you know, one of the guests answered like, hey, I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to be in the apartment. So we, we arranged with the with management to, to get a reschedule. One of the guests never answered the message or our mistake there. First of all, if you are ever going to have an inspection of a property, make sure to have a confirmation from your guests that they received the message. Um, anyways, next morning, we get a message like, hey, this is inappropriate. We got a, someone wake us up. They came into to the apartment without knocking, and they were taking pictures. This is totally unacceptable. I was surprised, you know, that they, they came inside without knocking. Um, 
and they were taking pictures where they were sleeping. So we sent a message to the property manager. She said, no, actually I knocked a few times and no one answered. We just came inside, they woke up and then we took the pictures. Anyways, they apparently they left a review where, uh, you know what, when guests are leaving a review, if, if they're going to rate you one star, they're going to have like a, like an option like saying, what, was there any safety uh, issue or something like that? I don't remember exactly, but I remember I guess that happening. So they probably did that because I saw that our, 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 our um, review was posted in their account, but theirs is not posted in ours. But yes, the morning I got a message from Airbnb, an email saying your account is going to be suspended for an incident. Uh, you can get in touch with, with us anyways. So all, all of the listings were looking at suspended, right? Um, I didn't actually remember because it was a few weeks ago. So I didn't remember exactly what happened. I didn't know what, what it was about because the email didn't say. So I called resol resolutions first and they say, well, you know, I cannot give you information because this is being handled by the safety team. I can only see that it was a state during these dates. So I went back to the calendar, checked and I said, oh, okay, it was this one. Uh, I requested for the Airbnb safety team to call me back. The, the, the girl who called me, she was like, you know, it, there was Nikki, man. The, 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 they were like, do you have any, anything to report? Anything that comes to your mind? She didn't say like, hey, this happened. What is your side of your story? She was like, is there anything that happened that you would like to share with me? You know, like when you do something wrong at home, and you need to, 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 to explain to your partner what you did. Uh, it was something like that. Um, Anyways, uh, I, glad that I called before because she gave me the, the, the dates and I, I, I was able to remember. I said, yeah, well, this is what happened. I explained the situation. I said, they probably not. Let me go to ring camera, send you all the information. So I sent the ring camera video where she knocked. Of course, make sure if you have a ring camera in your listing to have it disclosed that you have a ring camera that's recording 24 seven. Make sure of that. That's very important because if you use your ring camera and it's not disclosed in your Airbnb listing and you want to use that as a proof, it's going to backfire to you. It happened to us in the past, right? Um, I sent the emails. And you have to say audio manager. and video too. Yes, that. exactly. Right? Both yeah. things. Um, and yeah, and now we're under investigation. It's going to take up to a week. I can only communicate with this person during her work hours. So I'm listing in, in different accounts that we have. I'm listing the, the listings that got suspended just in case I'm using a slight different address, not the exact same address, just in case for now, I'm creating like a B listing. Um, what else? Yeah, and, and I think the biggest, the, the, the biggest learning lesson here is don't put all your listings together, especially if you have some listings that you know that may be problematic. Don't put your luxury houses with your not very nice apartments in the same listing. Because basically what, it hap what happened is that they only suspended the listings on that account that we're creating in that account because we also have the co-host from our clients and those are fine even though in my in my account look like suspended they're still getting bookings and everything um but yeah that's yeah. what happened what, what what do you have to say guys <laughs> yeah i i've written the out a few questions so did they say how long your listing is going to be suspended she said it can take up to a week for them to give a room uh, a resolution a decision to take a decision when did it happen? Um, so this, this happened uh, on the February 15 around, but this this started yesterday. So okay, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. When, when did they suspend you guys? Oh, yesterday. Yesterday. Okay, yeah. so you got what seven till the tenth, right? Basically. 
Okay. So most of our places are booked for for the month, or almost full booked, except like two or three that we need to get a few more list more bookings. Um, of course, I started listing on Verbo. Well, we were listing Verbo, was just making sure you know everything was fine because we I, we don't pay that much attention sometimes in Verbo. I'm trying to list on Booking.com. Um, you know, just getting okay. new streams of bookings. So right now, so basically you're suspended on Airbnb. What are you guys doing? Like, did you create another account, like a backup account, or how are you guys going forward? Yeah, I'm. We're spreading the listing. So I created one from on my wife's name, and I put all the Houston listings there. Mm. Then I'm using the old Stevens account for some other listings. Um, then there was only one client that we had on our account that she had another account. And that's the other thing. So our client, she had an account for since September. She never used it, right? And all of a sudden, I sign up. I, I put two listings, and I sign in and out many times. Suspicious activity. That account gets a, get blocked for security reasons. For I don't know until they resolve. That's fine. I mean that that it doesn't have any list any booking or anything. But it's just you know I open it up, made the two listings. And then they asked to verify the identity. She, she did that. And now we have to wait until the, 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 the account is, is restored. Okay. Now, since your listings are suspended, mm-hmm. like, okay, because I'm trying to see. So they suspended your listings. You're still listed on other platforms. So what evidence did you send to Airbnb to get your, like, to get the, the things unsuspended? Did you just send them the video file of the people knocking? I sent the video files. I sent the message to the guest. Uh, I, just in case, I sent the, the email from the property manager. Okay. Uh, what else? And I, sh- just in case, I ref- it was an expensive ref- stay. It was like two nights. And it was a deep discount because it was a midweek. So I just refunded the stage just in case. And I sent a message to a guest saying, hey, we're really sorry about, about what happened. Just to share our side of the story. You know, I mean, this is totally unacceptable. She shouldn't have gone in, inside, but she did knock the door. Uh, we had another guest staying across the, the hallway and we were able to re- re- reschedule the, the, the inspection because he answered to a message. Mm. We did message you. We never got a response. We thought everything was fine. Okay. Yeah, I think y'all should get y'all account back. I mean, you have evidence. You have evidence of yeah. there, you know. So, I mean, at this point, yeah, I think y'all. You know, if, if we get it back, I, I think my, my my biggest lesson is, you know, as I said, don't put all the, let me, do I say it right in English? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Say? Okay, it's the same thing. Don't put all your listings in one account, especially if you, if you have a, a different type of listings that, you know, they, they don't, the, from houses to apartments and not some some you know, apartments that you know they have constant issues i'm happy that. you bring that up because i've been and I, you, you manage my timeshares for me so now i've always said and i've thought about that like i'm going to start moving my timeshares to an account my houses to an account and my apartments to an account especially when you made a good point about the luxurious because you know I'm, I'm setting up this luxurious property link front property right now and yeah, you don't want that thing shut down and all these other ones are shut down. That, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 
how are y'all going about? Because I know Airbnb, you know, they have their little ways of looking up, you know, the duplicate accounts. So are you using like a wife's account, Steve's account, and y'all just setting up accounts in everyone's name? Is that how everyone's yeah. doing it? Because that, that's been my thought of a backup plan in case anything ever pops off. Yeah, we're using different uh, bank accounts. And for one of the listings, the, the new account, I'm using a VPN. I'm just signing into a VPN, so trying to make sure mm. uh, it's a different IP address. Um, what else? But yeah, basically that. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, again, I'm using a different address for the listing. So I'm changing like one number in the street address. And then I should, you know, my, my checking instructions are very clear. So guests are going to know where they have to go. I just barely modifying the, the, the street address so it doesn't match exactly to. Man, we might have to make this episode paid for, man. This is some Airbnb black ops <laughs> shit going on here. <laughs> Go ahead, man, I, I'm scared Airbnb is going to knock my door right now. You know, we're going to get bummed forever. Well, here's, uh, here's a system we learned out of this. Mm -hmm. and, and we wrote a thing that says, that we're going to put in the in the house rules because there's so many and our listeners this is a valuable tip you know paid for or not this is a this is a valuable tip a lot of people are doing airbnbs <laughs> out of apartments mm -hmm. and condos right and they the apartments have the on-site management condos have hoas and all of them have access to the unit if they need to right with the and, and it's in the leases it's in the whatever hoa agreements that they can come in there and do what they got to do and give you 24-hour notice and you, you got to let them in or if you're not you there, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll get in if they, they'll have your yeah they have the master code the key whatever they can get in and so knowing this you better uh, from now on that's what we're gonna do you better convey that to the guests that are staying at these places right and so you better and so we come up with a thing that's saying you know you know a, a part you know uh, this complex uh does routine maintenance and and they need access to the places from time to time and they give 24-hour notice if they need access to the place we will give you 24-hour notice and and you must let them in if you if you decline to let them in, that is a breach of the contract and you will be and your list, you know, your stay will be over or something like that. You know, put it however legally you want to put it, yeah. your stay will, you will be in violation and you will have to leave. And anyways, people ain't going to read that, whatever. So the next step <laughs> is you're going to want to message them when something like this comes up because they did you know this complex did tell us hey tomorrow you know we're gonna we're gonna go in there and we're gonna have investor thing you know investor whatever and we're gonna take some pictures and so they gave us a heads up 24-hour notice we gave immediately we gave our guests a heads up and two of the three answered and they were and one wasn't cool with it one was okay with it whatever the third one never answered that's our bad. We should have followed up with that. So the, the new system, the new procedure, we, we're say we're telling our VAs is, is always follow up until you get an answer. If you get a, you know, if it's going to be through Airbnb, it's going to be through text, going to be phone, whatever. It's going to, you need, you need an answer from the guest. And if you don't get it, or if you, okay, if you need, let's say you did it via text or, or a phone call and they say, okay, yes, that's fine. Make sure you, you let them know, go in through the, through the Airbnb app and mm -hmm. let me know that it's fine through the Airbnb app. So Airbnb can see it, everybody can see it. And yep. if they don't do that or they don't answer any of the messages, immediately send a message to Airbnb and send an email, send a, you know, through the app or whatever support, call them 
I would even call them too and let them know this is what's going to happen tomorrow. The apartment has the right to come in there. It's in our it's in our house rules that they can come in there. And this guest is not responding. And put it on Airbnb, you know, immediately and have that. So that's our new system. You know, warn the, you know, let the guests know if they don't respond, let Airbnb know that they're not responding to the messages. And boom, that should that I think that should be good. I'll even take take it okay. a step further for you to help out your VA. If they can't reach them, well, my VA does just keep sending messages through the app. And they'll just, and what it's doing is whenever, and this is why I don't call or text guests. If you keep a paper trail through that app, like let's say your VA waits 24 hours, no response, sends another message, 24 hours, no response, sends another message. Then Airbnb is like, and then what you do in those messages be like, hey, by the way, we haven't heard from you. The inspections tomorrow, the, the uh, maintenance will come in and then screenshot your rules of, hey, the maintenance is allowed to come in. Hey, they are going to come in. We would like to hear back from you. But if not, this is what's going to happen. Then everything's in the app because that, I, I've gotten in trouble with Airbnb for texting and calling for shit. And I was like, forget it. I do everything. Like, I ain't a lie. I, I decline guest phone calls. If you call me, oh, wow. put it in that. Put it in that because I don't know what to so what Go ahead. I was saying, so what I'll do in that situation is if I call or text, or usually it's them calling or texting me, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Because like you said, you try to do app first. Is after that conversation, I then recap in Airbnb. I say, hey, thank you so much for the call. You know, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about X, Y, and Z. This is going to happen. And thank you, so on and so forth. Same thing with the text message too, just so like you said, that paper trail. Because that's I think that's key. Um, oh, go ahead, Mike. Well, it's funny. I was gonna say, we we had a, we had a similar situation, uh, and I'll keep my story super short uh, with with a with a guest. And I don't know how. I, <clears throat> maybe this is a, a pivot to your procedure, but tell me how you would you would handle this situation. So basically, we had an emergency situation where there was a flood. Um, uh, I think there was a pipe that burst or something that happened on the floor above our unit. Um, obviously in the emergency situation, maintenance has to get, go in to make sure they shut off the water, all that stuff, make sure everything's dry, clean, if they need to air things out, so on and so forth. So at this time when this happened, um, they didn't notify us that this, this was going on, uh, and the tenant was not there at all. So obviously this is a very special situation. It's an emergency. It's a flood. There is no notice at that point. Right. Um, and they did two things wrong. One when the the guests got back they were they were startled because when they opened the door all the furniture was moved to one side that's the mm. and they didn't leave a note or anything saying hey we came to do xyz um because they had the cleaners with the air machines to you know drive everything up on the floors and the second thing which is a huge no-no is they left the door unlocked <clears throat> the maintenance left the door unlocked so when the when the guests got there they didn't know if it was a burglary or, or people, oh. people were still in there or whatever. So they called the cops immediately. Um, so they called the cops and they called me, called us and said, hey, you know, this is what's going on. And the apartment complex didn't send us a, a message or notification even after it happened in the portal, no call, no text. And I had to call emergency maintenance to figure out what was going on. And so in that situation, um, you know, it's <clears throat> just being able to just kind of go through those steps, but also just like, you know, how do you, I mean, again, it's an emergency situation. So some, sometimes you can't get around that. And she, she was really upset because she said, you know, 
I'm, I'm a travel nurse, so on and so forth. You know, I carry. So, oh. you know, in those situations, that's that could even be a liability on you because if they come in when they're not supposed to and somebody gets shot. So, and, <laughs> yeah. even, and even if somebody has an aggressive dog, because you know how they always tell you to put away your mm-hmm. pets and all that kind of stuff. So if they don't give advance notice or if the people don't do what they're supposed to, then their staff could get injured, right? Or hurt. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole nother twist on it. Last part. So obviously, you know, there's different steps when they when they come in to, to, to do repairs with drywall, paint, and all that kind of stuff. They scheduled and told us in advance this next time that, hey, we're going to be in the unit XYZ and we're going to be there basically half day. So from 8 a.m. to noon or something like that. Uh, I said, okay, great. Yeah, I immediately sent that to the guests, email, text, and in the app all three methods and they did respond and say, Hey, okay, I, I got you. And this was like three or four days in advance. Now what they did the second time is whoever contracted they had working or whatever, they came a day earlier mm-hmm. than when they said they were going to come. So she was caught off guard again. And it just kind of cycled. She didn't call the police this time, but she did reach out to us. So it's those kinds of things. I mean, I know you can't put, put, put protection around everything, but it's just like, you know, even in these kind of situations, you kind of have to think about, you know, some audibles that you got to play to, to, to make that work. So, yeah. yeah. Cause right there in that situation, if she carries, right, let's say she walks in and maintenance sitting up in there and they get a gun pulled on them. That's another level of liability, man. This really making me be like, damn, forget these apartment complexes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm like, shit, man. It's so, yeah. and, and let, let we me need to put a big warning for any guests that stay with us. You may find people in the apartment at any time, unexpectedly. Oh, that would be Don't bad. <laughs> <laughs> but so, any, like, anytime, not not advice. And let me oh, let man. me kind of go right off your point, Mike, and how you said you answered the phone like they'll, they'll call you. So today, a guest calls me. I already knew it was the guest. I declined it, right? Because I'm like, and this one of them guests that call and then they send a message. So I already knew she was sending a message, right? And I'm happy I declined the call because the shit she would have said to me could have came back on me. She basically says, she, she, she called me. I declined it. She then says in the message, my mom's car got towed. I'm like, oh shit. But in the message, she also stated, my mom's car got towed because we took the parking pass, put it in my husband's car and we drove it back home. And when it's sitting there, she didn't have a parking pass. So I'm like, oh, okay. So you were illegally parked. So I'm happy. I, if I would have took that phone call, I would have had no recollection, but unless I use your strategy, type in what we talked about inside of the app, you know what I'm saying? Right. Hey, we, we understand you took the parking pass, you know, so that did happen. And then I said, look, you're going to have to go down to the office to get another parking pass, you know, and they, that office hit me up. They're like, Hey, this lady's here saying she's with your company. And I was like, yeah, she is. And they were like, okay, cool. And they were like, we're not giving her another parking hanger. We're just going to give her our temporary parking, parking tag. And I was like, cool. So, you know, she admitted fault inside of it, but if, she wouldn't have admitted that fault inside the app. Then, Micah, you just got your guest car towed. You know, they were parked correctly. So it's one of those situations you do have to find out. And, and that is my issue with Airbnb, because Airbnb doesn't play things by a fair or just rule. They're more or less off. He said, she said, even when I was, we were talking before we got on the show, I got a, someone's listing, or not listing, but their account suspended because basically they were outside my complex playing with guns after they checked out. So I just reached out to the safety department. They immediately canceled that guest's account 
Are you wanting to hop into the short-term rental space but just don't know where to get started? Join our Live, Let, Thrive Facebook group to network with other like-minded investors. We have property managers, lenders, and other experienced hosts to learn from. Click the link below to join. I'll see you there. So, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Good thing is, yeah, they were really playing with guns. They needed their listing gone, but they didn't really have evidence that they were doing this. You know what I mean? Mm. So they're taking harsh, drastic action with no evidence. It's like evidence. I think it's a, lot, a lot has to do. I also learned that to Steve uh, today. A lot has to do with PR. I because, agree. You know, media loves to. You know, I mean, you have a million check-ins and check-outs every day, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same with airlines when something goes on on a flight. You have millions of flights, millions of states every day. But one person gets robbed, one one bad story, and it's gonna be everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you know, whenever it comes to to, and that, that that's what I'm thinking. You know, the situation we're dealing with is not like maintenance. Uh, building management came inside the apartment. And the guests didn't, didn't didn't want to whatever it is. What they say is like I was sleeping and they were taking pictures. Man, do you imagine that in the media? <laughs> Title: Airbnb Airbnb nightmare. <laughs> Being photographed with it while you're sleeping. <laughs> so yeah, we gotta I get these photos Airbnb. for the, for the, for the listing, man. We gotta. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that they're suspending that. I do. I do understand what they're taking those those measurements, those those measures. But it's like, to, yeah, it's not fair. To me, it makes it it makes it really hard to depend on Airbnb, man. Yeah, it just does. Like that's why. So, for example, I'm using Guesty for hosts, which is dependent upon Airbnb. My whole goal eventually is to just switch over to either Guesty or Hostfully, because now I can have my own listings and I'm not dependent upon them anymore. Because it's just like. I understand. We understand why Airbnb is like that, but it makes them less dependable. Like after you've been in business a few years, you're like, uh, this ain't just dependable, man. I, I didn't been through like my first two years with Airbnb when I was mainly just timeshares. I realized really quick. I'm like, yo, this the platform just ain't dependable because they'll just side with one side, no matter what, you know what I mean? And it, no evidence, just side with these people. So yeah, it, it definitely, that's why I'm, I asked all those questions about how are you circumventing this in the future? Right. You know, things of that nature. I think, you know, you know, when we sign up for Airbnb, there's this long, you know, million word thing that we sign, And I'm sure in there, it says we can shut down anybody's listing at any moment for any reason that we deem, yeah. you know, you know, reason for. And, and so I think, you know, like you said, the, the gunplay, if you ever hear the word gun, shut down the account. If you ever hear the word camera, yep. shut down the account. If you ever hear illegal entry or, you know, photos or whatever, whatever these keys the words is, yeah. they, the VAs or the, that they use um, or the whatever, the bots, they immediately <laughs> shut down the account. Into a further investigation, and it's in their it's in their rules. They can do that. We're playing by their rules. That's exactly what it is. It, it, like I told y'all before, Airbnb remind me of that scene in Training Day, man, when dude walked up to Denzel and was like, "We can't do this," and Denzel looked at him and said, "We the police. We can do what the fuck we want." You know, that, that, that's basically that's basically that, that's what Airbnb true. is. You know, that, that's yeah. that's basically how Airbnb reminds me of Training Day. That's exactly what it is. You know, so I, I know, uh, and, and the simple answer a lot of people say is like, "Well, you got to go there, book." So we were talking about that with you, Micah, before the, the call, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, we all want to get to that goal, but the traffic, you get it through Airbnb at the beginning. 
right? Then you can build your brand and you need to work in building your brand. That's something we need to, 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 to do ourselves and, you know, make sure we have a strong, very booking website. And especially for returning customers, those are the ones that you are going to book directly, right? Uh, but Airbnb, you know, it's just the traffic. You can't beat that. Nope. Uh, that's one of the things. The other thing I, I, I want to mention, something I like to do from time to time, I, I, I love to go to Airbnb as, a, as a, you know, I do some shopping to see what people are offering around my listings. But I also look into the, like the house rules and things like that, just, you know, if there are any ideas I can pick up. And I read some house rules saying like, you know, for example, um, when there's a, a maintenance situation, like building the property management uh, maintenance team, have their priorities, which may be different from what our priorities. So they may have to come and fix something that was pending before or something like that. And also have it on the, on the house rules. Because, you know, you may have a, a work order from a week ago that may happen when another stay is going on. Very common. We actually had that in a similar situation with some guests that, you know, they found out maintainer was inside. We forgot because they, went, they came to check um, a microwave the, the, the door uh, the door handle was was broken and like two weeks later they came to replace it they didn't notify us same thing it was a totally different guest and we didn't know that they were coming in to, to replace the, the, the that that door handle on the microwave so they they, they got really scared um, yeah. So yeah. I just had that situation happen today uh maintenance didn't come that's another thing maintenance we can we can dive deep into that like maintenance didn't come and fix something from the last guest so the guest got there and the leak was fixed there was a leak but they left the water the pot of pan for the water leak under the sink so the leak was like the lady was like uh you're leak i think your sink's leaking because of course it's in there with a pot of water under there and i'm like no, it's fixed. And then they also didn't repair the blinds and they didn't repair the screen door. So now you're in a new guest. They're reporting it as a problem because the guest, the, the maintenance didn't come and fix it in time. And, and that's another thing I'm starting to notice too with the pandemic. I don't know if it's, yeah, the pandemic or whatever. You know, people are short staffed, right? So now we're in these situations where people are short staffed and you need maintenance and it ain't happening. So how are y'all looking to cir circumvent that? Circumvent the maintenance uh, shortage. Handyman company. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I mean, you know, I, like I was. I mean, we, I think I posted Men B and B's uh, um, episode today on Instagram. Yeah. You know, so maybe that's something to look into. You know, and the problem, you know, that there's one situation with that, uh, and it's what what is supposed to be done by man, maintainer from the building due to liabilities. Like, can you bring your own maintenance guy to take care of the AC? I think that would be a no because, well, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about the apartment complexes we at. I know it's a no because you have to climb on top of the roof to get there. Oh, so if right. you got to climb on the roof, that's liability on them. If you got some maintenance dude on top of the roof, they fall. That's on them. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and that's the point. There, there, are, there are a few things that you are subject, you know, to the complex maintenance and there's no way around it mm. and you say even though you know it's an easy fix sometimes it's just it's just that mm. i'm happy we're talking about this yeah, because you could go ahead i'll just say because you you could make the situation worse if you know whoever you bring exactly. on, on that you hire if they're in-house or another contractor and they mess it up and you know 
then, then it's on you at that point and now you got to pay for all that so yeah i get it <laughs> yeah like, you yeah. know it, and this brings me into this brings me into the subject i was talking about earlier in, in our group what's the most efficient way with short-term rentals is it arbitrage is it buying or is it just management and co-hosting because they all seem like okay if you own the property, it's a little bit different. You know, you ain't about to send nobody in there and ain't about to just barge in on somebody. You know what I mean? You, you can control that. With arbitraging, you're kind of at the mercy of the property management company. You know, they can, one of those training day situations, we can do what the fuck we want. You know, or you're in the management situation where I'm just management, you know, we take 20%, anything goes wrong. If we lose something, it's their account. You know, I'm not trying to make it look like that, but you yeah. know, yeah. it's their account. <laughs> you know, so what, what are y'all's thoughts on that? You know? Well, luckily we're in like all three phases, right? Federico? Correct. Yeah, we are in the three three phases. So uh, I guess I have a question for y'all then. Which one seems to be the most sustainable? Sustainable. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Okay. Arbitraging out of a house has been has been pretty good because because we can get our handyman in there and we'll tell the owner, hey, you know, because yeah, we're dealing directly with the owner. We're not dealing with a complex, with a with complex manager or whatever the hell. We'll say, hey, you know, for example, we have this um, garbage disposal that's leaking, whatever. And I told him this, it's leaking. Uh, our handyman went and checked it because he was he lives by there. Um, he said it's cracked underneath. He goes, okay, yeah, he can go ahead and replace it. I'll just take it off your rent. And it's been it's in, mm. in that regard when we're dealing directly with an owner out of a house, it's fucking simple, right? Mm. Our handyman can go in there, do the repairs that needs to be done, and usually they'll just take it off the rent, no big deal. They're happy because I mean they're happy because they're they got someone in there that's gonna tell them about problems. I have you know rental houses and I don't know what the fuck's going on in there, right? They don't tell me <laughs> until like until the next next year when someone else moves in, but that's what that's one of the things about us right about us uh, going in there and doing corporate leasing or arbitrages we tell them we, any problem that comes up we'll try to fix it if it's a big you know big ticket item we'll let you know and then we'll, we'll go from there so they'll always know that their house is in tip-top 100 shape and so i think that's been the the best one is like arbitraging out of a house second to that would be arbitraging out of a car that someone else because same thing the the, the, the complex is not going to fix a, each person's individual condo right they'll do they'll handle the outside work whatever but inside is up to the owner same thing we'll tell the owner hey this is how you know got a leak here whatever send our man uh okay cool just take it off the we'll take it off the rent for you boom it's been squared away the worst is the apartment complex that's by far the worst so that's that's the three things we're dealing with may and management like you said it's kind of the same because we want, we want our clients to be happy. Right. And, if, and if things aren't getting taken care of, we're not going to say, Oh, screw it. It's there. It's their unit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> As our, this is our name on this thing and we want to make them happy and profitable. And so it, it we'll doesn't take, matter. We'll take yeah. more care of those units on ours actually. It's like, you know, I think that that's something that's a stamp from us. It's like, we, we take more care of our clients properties or ours sometimes. Man, sometimes <laughs> I even offer their listings before ours. Because tell, I wanted to make sure <laughs> tell them a victory. Tell them a maintenance uh, like, victory. Yeah, go ahead. Go Arlington, ahead. I have a question Arlington for Arlington Yeah, I, I was, was going to talk about the, the Arlington when I raised my hand because I was going to say something. I did get to 2500 buy from Airbnb, which is a good one. <laughs> yeah. But he, here's the thing. 
that is one house where what Steven was saying of dealing directly with the owner is not happening. Actually, between the guest, the Airbnb guest, and the actual owner of the house, there are like five layers of people. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it gets it gets challenging because it, it is it is like this. It's a it's a, a house that is being arbitraged by a client that we're managing, right? So you have mm. the guest, then they're communicating with us. We're communicating with the person who has a lease, and she has a lease with a property manager who's managing for the owner, right? <laughs> so again, from the guest to the owner, the actual owner of the house, there are like three, four layers of people. And that house had a lot of issues before, you know, it's like this client that we have, she's wonderful because it's been a nightmare for her. She's been super patient, but um, they ha the house has some pre-existing issues with, um, uh, with the, with the uh, plumbing issues and with the stove um, overall, and it has carpet everywhere, which is a, a headache. You know, if you're doing Airbnb, try not to have carpet, uh, at least not in the living room. But yeah, so I, I don't know if we talked about this in the previous episode that it, would be, it was a few weeks ago, but yeah, we had this first booking, you know, we went, oh, great, a booking was the same day, but it was like four days. Uh, it was a foreigner, or at least that that, that, that was what it said on, on the profile. So you know, not a red flag because they're not from from locals or something like that. We thought they would not do a party. Phone number was from Seattle. The thing is that they arrived. It was I don't know how many people there were. I said, oh, we're, we're with my family. They're leaving. They're not staying overnight. I don't know what they were doing, man. They made a mess. Um, Steve, you may recall, but there was chain smoking by by the sliding door to to patio. And they were having the, the AC at, it was in January, right? And they had the AC at 90 and it was not, not working. The, heat, the heating, of course, because they had the door open. Uh, they were cooking like crazy and throwing the, you know, the oil, the grease uh, through the toilets. They clogged everything, <laughs> anything. After two days, <laughs> Steve went there and he had to kick them out. Uh, and yeah, and they flooded both bathrooms carpet was flooded that was the first day right um crash everywhere the the things that plumbing plus carpet cleaner plus clean extra cleaning plus three or five or four items missing there was a broom missing there was a a, a board game missing there was a a base broken, base broken. We uh, were everything out, was, yeah we were out like two grand 25 Us. 20 out of our pocket? oh yeah yeah we put out of our pocket we put about two grand and the total claim was for 2500 because we're paying for our handyman this whole time to go fix these issues man so we're this money's coming out we haven't even made a penny on this freaking place that we're managing yet right and yeah. so yeah so anyways um and then so that's the problem so so our our client had to contact the property management company who had to contact the owners to get the okay to fix these issues, right? The AC going out, heater going out, the plumbing issues. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So it's not just us dealing with the owner. It was like four degrees of separation. Yeah. So the 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 our client was putting out. She was putting money off, off, out of her pocket. We were putting money out, out of her pockets. Next day we had the boiler was you know it, it was down. The boiler was was uh, was not working. It was during the winter storm and the uh, roads were icy and it was a Sunday. So we had to send our guy. And of course it was extra 
you know, more expensive. This the second guest checked out. They broke two beds <laughs> because she was using the the, the wood slats, and you know, oh, wood just, slats, wood slats. Put, don't do that, people. If you're doing Airbnb, just put uh, Venus springs metal metal with... platform beds boom yeah, yeah. platform yep <clears throat> oh, uh, can't hold up man can't take the heat <laughs> <laughs> canopy beds too they look pretty but those things start get to moving you know and yeah, it starts, yeah. Yeah. Start disturbing the neighbors <laughs> <laughs> you have to have wd-40 around the house <laughs> so, in the nightstand y'all are uh, uh, Y'all remember a while ago, I asked Stephen Federico, I asked y'all this question. I said, how do y'all find the people that you want to manage? And I think y'all just answered it. Like, if you're going through all these layers, so one of what I'm hearing is, it's better to just manage for someone who owns the property rather than to manage for somebody that arbitrages. Because now, now, this arbitrager, he's asking for permission. The property management is asking the owner for permission. So you got to go through hoops. This is like really good information, I think, for people who want to hop into the management side because yeah. I'm hopping into management. But of course, I'm going straight from the owner. I never thought about that. I was like, man, I would manage for somebody to arbitrage, but now I'm like, fuck that. I ain't got time no, for that, you know? And going there, to there, that, there, like, there are some challenges. Uh, and if you go to apartments, you know, for example, one of the challenges if, if you're doing management for all the people who have a lease and they're arbitrage, mm. is that you, you need to find a way where you get the information from the building for maintenance mm -hmm. and things like that. So what, what I did with more, most of our clients, they gave me access to their apps. Like some of the buildings, they have a, an app and I get the messages like mm -hmm. tomorrow, there's going to be like tomorrow, the gym, actually I got the message today to this, this weekend, the gym is going to be closed at this building uh, for carpet cleaning. So I message or all, all of our guests, but the owners have to give you access to those apps with their credentials, right? And, you know, some people are not comfortable mm -hmm. because sometimes they have their payment information, their rent information in their portals. So not everyone is comfortable with giving you access to their portals. But if, the, if they don't give you access to the portals, you need to let them know. You need to keep me updated with everything that has happened. And that's the other thing. If you're managing for someone and they're not giving you access to the portal, they need to put the work orders. You know what? Yeah, this what, actually answers what, what, one thing you could do about that, but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't necessarily address the issue with you know uh putting in work orders is you know you could have them because all that stuff goes gets forwarded to their email, right? When it happens, is they could have it right. auto-forward to yeah. you know your your main admin email or support email, but then you have to kind of filter through, right? Because it's like, okay, well, what unit is this? What client is this as they start to come through? Uh, maybe you do that on the front end, but that, that could be maybe one solution. Um, yeah, that, that's not a yeah, idea. But uh, yeah, the sensitive information uh, deal, which, you know, I know every management company is different, is, you know, uh, we may be starting up our first uh, management client um, and we're finalizing the deal on it, is, you know, asking them, hey, uh, I need to see a copy of your lease because I need to see... If, especially on the arbitrage situation, I need to see that you're legally doing arbitrage at this complex or at this house, so on and so forth. Now, I know everybody doesn't, may, may not care about that necessarily, but uh, if you're trying to do everything on the straight and narrow, you know, that could be, you know, a means of, of doing that. And at that point, it's like, once they already have their, their bank account info there or their credit card info, 
once you log in that next time, it only shows the last four. So it's not like you can steal that information. Um, yeah. So I, I would even maybe challenge that if, if possible um, from folks. Yeah, it should be something in the contract, no contract with the client to say, we need, we need to see a lease. I will need access to the portal to put work orders and see and get updates from the building. Um, I agree. So, so, you know, people we've been in the, the arbitrage game has been probably the, the go-to thing in the last four years in the short-term rental space, right? And most arbitragers tell you they self-manage. And maybe, do you think this is probably one of the reasons? Because, like, if you sell, if you arbitrage and you hire a management company, that's a huge turnover. Like, you got to turn over, like you said, the, um, I got to give you the login to, to, uh, to do work orders. Um, who goes to the front office? You know, uh, you're sending a dude who manages it who ain't on the lease. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a lot. You know, because I, I know, you know, I know people who make millions of dollars a year arbitraging and they, they all are for no self-managed, self-managed. And maybe is that the reason why? Is there just a lot of hoops to jump through? Um, I, I don't, you know, it, it's been going smooth for us. I yeah, think I, that. I'm just saying from like maybe the general consensus because of how much, you know, it, that's a lot to hurt no turnover. Imagine you have 70 arbitrage units in apartment complexes. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to turn over. Yeah. So maybe I don't know. But to your point, Mm -hmm. but to your point though, when you when you're making you're making a generalization that you know the majority or at least a large portion, like Mm -hmm. I wonder, I mean, you know, I don't even have to wonder, I kind of know what the distribution is of people that are doing arbitrage. I would assume that the, the larger distribution is on those that have five or less. You know, you maybe have some in that mid-range and then the very few, the 1% or 10%, you know, have like 50 or more units kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think when, when you have that 20 and below, yeah, I would say 20 and below uh, is when, you know, maybe, maybe that management fee doesn't make sense, uh, whether it's, you know, 20%, 25%, even 30. I've even seen some markets, but this is more so like real vacation, mm-hmm. like when you're looking at cabins and all that kind of stuff, 40%. Well, management fee for those. So when you think about the, the type of margins that are being made already, I mean, all the, the tech behind what we do, all the, the different systems, the subscriptions, all that stuff, even before management comes into play, because uh, you'll still need those um, with the management company. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the margins, you know, the margins may not be there for some operators. So that, that would be my, my, my uh, hypothesis. Ooh, you make a good point there, man, because you just said when you go to vacation rental markets, it can go up to 40%. Now I want everybody to go back and listen to my ep- the episode with Avery Carl. She says she self-manages eight because if you go to the area that she's in, which is the, uh, um, the, the, uh, what is it called? Um, out in Tennessee, the, um, Smoky Mountains. Mountains. You go to that area, the management fee is going to be high because the income is extremely high. So now they figured out how to self-manage it. So yeah, sometimes you're right. That management fee ain't really worth it, you know. So that that's that's something to consider. You're right. And and I have been no. Oh, go ahead. Well, I have been thinking about going to the vacation rental markets. I haven't told nobody yet, but I have actively been looking because I'm like, these people are making a hundred k a year off one property. That seems Sorry, more. Well, go ahead. 
I was saying one more piece because I, I don't I don't want to bash uh, obviously bash uh, uh, management companies at all, right? <laughs> yeah. When I, so again, when we go back to distribution, again, that's a lot of people just like in the past two years, a lot the past year. Imagine all the people that have got into the arbitrage game mm. is a huge percentage. So all these people are also beginners. Beginners never start. I mean, it's rare that they ever start off until they get, build up their portfolio with a management company. So they're going to self-manage. Yeah. So, so again, I think it has to do more with the distribution of when people get in the game and the number of units that people have. And the last piece is maybe just, you know, if they don't want to have to deal with it, then yeah, the management piece is the way to go, right? And they can focus their efforts on other things that are more high value, um, uh, high quality, high value things for them. So finding other units, you know, buying other real estate properties, all that kind of stuff. If I, if I can tell you what's the value of having a, a, a management company from the feedback that we have from our, our clients, it's just they don't have to care about a call on a Friday at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the thing. Uh, that, that's a part that I think is really important because our clients they range from one, two to five properties as max each client, right? So they range two, three, four properties. And we charge 20%. The numbers make sense for them. They're still making money. But they don't have to deal with making sure, you know, because, I mean, we, we have a lot of things. And this is a thing for anyone listening that is a, is, is a newbie. Uh, for us, we have our turnovers automated. We have our restocking in place. Everything for us is running kind of smoothly because we've been in the game so long that we know how things go, right? But some of these people, they're running in between uh, turnovers, making sure everything is in place, that they have the the, 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 the supplies. Uh, you know, the checking instructions may not be clear. They're getting messages at any time, at any hour. They don't have backup systems. They don't have the messages automated. They, they you know, everybody may take a chunk of the time that they need to be looking at the phone. And we're giving the peace of mind. That's what I want to sell. Whenever we have a, a call with a client, I, I, I tell them, our mission is to give our clients peace of mind and our guests a five-star experience. Mm. And I think that's the thing, it's peace of mind. For anyone, they may want to do as a passive income, whatever it is that you want to do it, we're giving you peace of mind because whatever goes down, and that's, that's the main thing when you're doing Airbnb, something may go down. Maintenance, emergencies, someone getting locked out. And again, they always get locked out on a Friday night, not on a Monday morning. We're going to be there to solve it. And that's the value we offer. I'm happy you brought up value because earlier y'all said something I had a question about. You said uh, you make sure your clients are taken care of first, even more than your own properties, right? So where's the happy medium on that? Because I'm going to throw something at you. That guy who you manage for can leave at any time, right? Mm -hmm. But you've been paying less attention to your own inventory that is always going to be 100% your brand. Yeah, Y'all... So where's the happy medium of, okay, yeah, we're focusing 100% on making sure our clients are happy to let me make sure we're 100% on making sure our brand is happy because that client guy, he can leave, but mm-hmm. your properties will always be yours. And I know, yeah, what do you, what's your thought on that? I want to say kind of a happy medium is, is, um, is putting, is putting like, travel nurses or extended stays in our in our properties right Mm. because let's let's say for example 
we have a property we're renting for like 1500 bucks a month, you know, 16 something all in. And we could throw a travel nurse in there for 2500 bucks for three months. That's fucking great. As I'm, I'm happy with that. A thousand bucks a month, whatever, more, more or less. And then, um, but that same 2500 bucks for someone that we're managing for, minus 20% management fee, minus whatever fees from, you know, whatever, if it came from Airbnb, it's not, it's not, it's not, it might not be worth it for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So on ours, we can throw in somebody and then throw in a travel nurse for like a three month stay and it, it makes sense. And then we can focus on doing the Airbnb side for our clients to, to maximize their profits, you know, where, uh, because they need to maximize the profits because they're paying, you know, 1500 and, or say, you know, three, 300 with utilities, internet, all that stuff. And, and plus 20% from up, they got to pay us too. So 2,500 bucks a month for them, that ain't going to cut it. They might even lose money doing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But we can we can put $2,500 people all day long in our units and then focus on maximizing their profits. So that's kind of, if you're thinking like a happy medium where we're taking care of our properties and taking care of their properties at the same time, that's 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 about as close as to a happy medium we could, I could think you, of. You just answered the ultimate question. Is it better to, so it's better to really manage <laughs> higher end Airbnbs? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I was thinking. So it's better. Well, we we got rid of of like ten listings that we grab. Oh man, this this is a horror story. For <laughs> I know I've been Get talking O-B-N-B. a lot. I don't know, Mike. If, if I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the microphone a lot of the time. No, go ahead, I, man. This is good man. learning stuff. <laughs> so the way we get uh, clients is usually, uh, as I said the other time, mouth to mouth, right? <laughs> <laughs> to mouth. to mouth. Uh, so that's how we say in Spanish. Boca boca. This is that. That's the wine talking. Get... That's all right. That's the <laughs> <laughs> that's how we get our Whatever works, baby. But you know, I, as I mentioned earlier, I usually, you know, I shop in my areas to see what's around, and I found this listing man i feel pity about it i was like you know like three blurry pictures taken from the phone like really shitty pictures no description and like really bad reviews and i noticed they were in the same building that we were so my thought was like okay they're in the same building they're probably the ones that are getting the guests that my guests are complaining about the neighbors right (laughs) Because they're mm, they're probably yeah, you know they're pricing like shit. They're probably getting the, those people smoking weed all day in the hallways and you know blasting music. So it's like, I texted her and say, "Hey, how are you? Uh, I see your your um, we are in the same building, uh, and I noticed you need some help. You're listening. You can you can find me this way if you need any help." If not, here are some tips. I put like a few tips, you know, just to be nice because they're, they're, they're clearly not doing well. Anyways, the thing is that we ended up taking their listings. I don't know how they, they ended up with like 10 listings, 10, 10 properties in the same buildings we were in the same area in Lower Greenville. Uh, apparently they had an arrangement with the management company, which is the same one that came into the, 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 the property that got us now uh, suspended. So that, that area, man, is, 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 is good. We make money, but it's a headache. We took those 10 listings. I, they were not paying attention at it. They were, they were not clean. You know, after the last checkup, they were not clean. 
there were so many things broken, like I came in the door missing. Um, I saw far, remember Steve, I saw far with no leg. Just put it some, you're, you're muted. The sofa on blocks. Yeah, the sofa on yeah, blocks. It was on some yeah, that's that's when you know it's a ghetto B&B when the sofa is on blocks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You got to sit down. You got to sit down soft when you sit on that couch. You can't just flop down. You <laughs> 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 drop to the floor. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, imagine the people that we were getting that we got a neighbor complaining about a fight. And then when they came, the cleaners came in, you know, there were punches on the wall and there were holes on the wall from punches. So that's that's where we were getting, and we we handled that for two weeks. And it was, you know, it was like musical chairs. We were switching people around because oh, this apartment has this issue, this one that has this other issue. This is what happened in one of the apartments, right? One day, maintenance came to do some work. They didn't tell us why, and they took all the furniture and everything out of the apartment. So someone went to, came to check in. They opened the door, and the apartment was empty. <laughs> wow. And the, the owner was like, I don't know, I don't know. It, it, everything was, I don't know. I, I should ask some maintenance, I don't know. It was a nightmare. So yeah, we did one month and I say, hey, we, when we took over, we agreed that you will fix this, 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 and that, you did nothing. Another month happened and, you know, it's just, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't bad. I just, you know, I ended up, you know, just saying, hey, we, up to this point, we, we're done. Here are your listings. Good luck. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, we had to cut. Yeah. 80-20 rule. <laughs> yeah, man. We were barely making money because they were so shitty. We would say, okay, the first month we're going to give you a deal. We're going to charge less management. So you put the money into getting ring cameras, better furniture, mm. restocking, and everything. Uh, no, they, they did nothing. But, but yeah. So, so you know, I think the problem when you're growing, and th this is another advice, when you're growing, you want to take as many listings. And you look at the listing number and you say, I want to get more listings. And then you realize, you know, it's just not the numbers. It's not just about how many listings you have. It's about the quality of the listings that you have. That's really important. Oh, man. Quality over quantity. You, yeah. you, you also said you, you, you worked with your, with your client, right? You said, hey, we're going to give you a lower management fee. And this is something I'm doing now. Knowing your client is huge when managing. So for example, let me give you an example of what I'm going through. So I had my friend, his dad ended up passing. He's a real close friend to me, me and him. He's known my family my whole life. My dad, our dads work together, right? And his dad ended up passing. Mm -hmm. And he was like, look, man, he called me. He basically, he, he, he knew his dad was on his way out. And he called me, he goes, look, Mikey, man, I'm, I'm about to have my dad's house. He told me ain't no equity in it. He goes, but I don't want to sell it because I know my dad has always, he put his whole life into this house. It's bad. It's the, the lake house I'm talking about, badass lake house. I know Federico seen it. He was like, holy shit, you know, and he basically put his whole life into that house. So, but he was like, you know, I'm kind of strained on budget of setting it up, right? So what I did was, and this is why knowing, I know Steve said, we got our hands in every pot. Having your hand in every pot is really good because you learn each pot, Right. So what I did was I was like, look, you ain't really got the capital to set it up. So let me do this. I'll arbitrage it from you for six months. I'll set everything up. Let me work the six months to get all my money back. And then I'll just pass it on to you and we can now manage it for 20%. Hmm. So knowing stuff like that, 
you know, and having your hand in every pot, you know how to structure the deal so everyone wins. And I think that that's huge, man. Like, and then it's one of those higher end Airbnbs, like you said, it's going to be higher end. So I ain't got to worry about, you know, shitty management in place. I ain't got to run through hoops. So I think this is a really good conversation on, you know, who is your perfect clientele for management? Because I think a lot of people, when they hop into management shit, they'll just take on anybody. Like you said, more units, more units, more units. And, And I think right now, and I was talking to my guy, Brian Thatcher the other day, and I hope he listens to this episode. We were talking like, he goes, I sat back on the short-term rental space and he goes, I didn't hop all the way in because one thing always confused me. He goes, if y'all are making so much money with these Airbnbs, why does people, why do people focus on how many units you have instead of what income you're actually producing? And I said, you are a hundred percent right. That is why I hopped out of the arbitrage game. That reason right there, because I'm like, first thing, any arbitrage or asks you how many you got. But when I talk to people who have quality Airbnbs, they say, how much does that one produce? Mm. It's like the guy you talk about, uh, the, yeah. the other episode, uh, the guy in Scott, Scott Sale. Mm. Who is it? He. Yeah. Uh, Scott Sale. Can he? Yeah. How much yeah. does that one produce? Exactly. Oh, That's produces more than having years. like 10, 10 shitty units. Yeah. And I'm learning that now. That's why, have you noticed, I kind of backed off arbitrage. I'm using my arbitrage units to pay me the money to keep me off my nine to five. And I'm just buying properties that I know they're going to produce. And because- that's, that's a goal, man. That's what we told mm-hmm. with Steve from the beginning. It was like, let's use the arbitrage to buy us houses. Like arbitrage is not the end goal for us. It's a cash flow to get into, into, into real estate. Facts. And, and I think that's where the arbitrage thing is right now. I think it's to a point where, you know, well, I'm back in the day, you can start up arbitrage for 3,500 now with inflation shit. It might be eight grand, but, you know, <laughs> but like when you first started, people will uh-huh. start up with arbitrage for 3,500, right? So what happened was when you get that 35, that 3,500 back, what are you going to look to do? I'm going to go get me another arbitrage instead of, let's say you set up 10 arbitrages, right? Then they 3,500 a piece. In actuality, you just spent 35,000. Could you not have bought a house with that? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Oh. So it's one of those that, things where... But it's where, the cash flow play, though, at that point, though, yeah. right? That house... You, you could, you could, that's that just house, one door. Exactly. That's why we said, how much does that one produce? If that one can produce... If I'm making six figures on one house, is your end goal really to buy or is your end goal to be rich? So is your end goal to be wealthy or is your end goal to be rich? You know what I'm saying? That's what we have to start looking at. Because... Wealthy is a long-term play. Rich is right now. My, my mentor Thatch always says it. Rich is, it's a whole bunch of rich people that work nine to fives. They, and I know Steve talks about it too. He goes, yeah, man, my friends, they work their nine to five. They have these nice ass cars. They got a $900 a month, you know, car note. But that's because that's their, that's their end goal. You know, and now I'm like, man, if I would have really thought about it, you know what I would have did at the beginning of short-term rentals? You know what I did? I would have only done management. I would have managed everything. And then I would have turned that money that I was managing with and just use that, my, that, that be my leverage into owning properties. Because I talked to Kent He Before that podcast, me and Kent He had a conversation. He goes, the reason why I don't get into arbitrage is because you have to start up with capital. I can use that cap. He used his capital to buy a six-figure Airbnb in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
how many Airbnbs of apartments do you need to match Scott's one? Mm. Think about it. Yeah, that's true. But if you don't have the money to do it up front, then you can never get there, right? True. Unless you use but, other people's money. Exactly. I know everybody which don't, you can, may not you can, know how to do that. Yeah, which you can't do. But <laughs> how many people in the arbitrage game are truly using other people's money? They're using money out of their pocket, which they could have used to go buy a bachelorette Airbnb themed property out in Scottsdale. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like when he told us it makes 150, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? you know and then like even if you look go back and listen to the episodes with serena listen to the episodes with rachel gainsborough they have 10 under 10 units making seven figures what am i doing wrong (laughs) wrong? so you know that that but me now that i think about it in retrospect that's what i would have done i would probably just managed my way into buying property but I've now learned how to leverage arbitrage. But go ahead, Steve. I think you're about to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you're right. Exactly right. I mean, in this game, as this industry was growing, it was all about the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. You got 50 units. You got 75 units. You got 100 units. Wow. They're, uh, what is it called? Legend. You've reached legend status. You got 100 <laughs> units, you know? But legend. Are you... Yeah. yeah. It's like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our buddies. Um, legends, you know, um, so, so you reach legend status, you get a hundred or more, I don't know, it, it's, it's all about the numbers, but, but really, I mean, like you're, you're exactly right, man. Well, that, that was an eye opening episode with Ken Heath. Cause I yeah. mean, he's making 11,000 a month on that thing. Right. And it's one, it's one, it's one, not arbitrage. He owns it, but here's the thing. Too. A month. <laughs> here's the thing too. Cause we're arbitraging some houses right now. Right. And, and let's just say the patios are lacking a bit. But we, what do we do? We put like $10,000 of our own money to fix up a patio on someone else's house. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whereas Ken, he, he spent 10000 or 20000 to fix up the backyard to make it freaking badass, right? But it's his house. He's putting equity into his house, which is putting wealth into his pockets, right? So I understand that, man. It's, it's like we're at a point where we got some cool arbitrage houses, but they, we can't, I mean, we can't justify pouring thousands of dollars into it to make it like, eleven thousand dollars a month uh money maker you know yeah i, I think the only the only thing that kept us uh you know that, that we was to talk with steve it's like we grow we grow a company where we get to a point that we're making this amount of money that's pretty cool um with not a lot of depth mm-hmm. i know there's good depth and bad depth but i think we the mindset we have is like yeah let's try you know there's a lot of things going on in the world let's try not to get a lot of debt because we were not we don't know what's going to happen with COVID and everything we got started uh so i'm not saying that depth is bad i know there's good depth but uh i mean at least we 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 didn't get depth to set up arbitrages where there's no equity mm. i'm saying that right i'm just learning about this stuff right mm-hmm. but uh, i understand that the furniture that we we purchase or something something we're not owning that we're gonna get equity out of so Ooh. i think that worked out okay the, the, what you just said goes into a conversation that i had with my business partner norm down in houston we actually had that conversation i said how much debt are you willing to take on with no equity mm. and we all yeah. sat down and talked about it he goes honestly that is truly a that is your risk level because if you take on a whole bunch of debt and you ain't got no equity, you just depending on hustle and cash, 
you can end up in a graveyard real quick. But <laughs> if you're comfortable with that shit, you have to be comfortable with that. And I had to really sit back and I'm like, because I was at a point where I'm like, I could go get 70 arbitrages. Do I want to do it? And I realized, that ain't my comfort level, man. If I'm just depending on cash flow and I ain't got no equity to back it. And it's one of those things where you got to look at yourself and be like, what's my why and what's my purpose? You know what I mean? If your purpose is, I know my purpose in seven years, well, I'll be 40. I want to have the option to never work again. I want to be on a beach. I want to be with my kids. My son will be 13. My daughter will be seven. I want to have the opportunity to never work again. And I'm like, if I got all these arbitrages and all these, all this debt, I don't know if that fits my goals. You know, that's something to consider. Let's hear from Mikey B, man. This is a new segment on the show. What's on Mikey B's mind? <laughs> yeah. Mike, rock the mic, Mike. <laughs> all right. What are your I'll thoughts on all over. this, man? Um, yeah. yeah, take over. Take over. <laughs> I want to take a break and drink a beer. <laughs> I got to get a refill, man. I've been drinking too fast. Look. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, with any business, obviously you want to be able to, you know, stay in your lane, uh, but also diversify. So mm. I think by those individuals that are able to do a little bit of everything and not get spread too thin, um, like, you know, doing purchases and doing um, short-term rentals or doing a couple of arbitrages and maybe doing management as well um, is diversifying your, your income, your, your pool so that you you mitigate risk or you you uh, you lower risk at that point uh, because you're leveraged you're not leveraged he- he- too heavy on one side right um and you know i think you have to be smart in where you bring on certain partners and or uh certain team members staff i know especially once you scale up to so many uh units especially if you're doing like hardcore uh short-term rental where you got people coming in every couple of days I know our our portfolio specifically is 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 uh, largely midterm for the most part. It's like seventy percent, eighty percent midterm, mm. and we only have a few like short term rentals um, that are heavy. And then obviously, you know, in between the midterms, you try to do short term so on and so forth. Is that on those individuals that have a ton of those units that are heavy, Airbnb heavy um, arbitrage short term rentals is having that kind of support. So that, you know, you don't get fatigued as a, as an owner, or even if it's, you know, two co-owners uh, in the business. And uh, I think that's important. A lot of people, um, you know, don't talk about that uh, host fatigue or, or owner fatigue, however you want to, from the front. And I think, you know, from the solution with management, you guys help solve that, right? Um, you, you minimize that fatigue because what's going to happen is that individual is going to tell somebody off or they're going to not say something in the right way when they you know, they got kids hollering at the, and the dog hollering at home and stuff like that. And they snap at a guest whether it's in a message or on the phone. And then, hey, you know, that's going to come up in review. And that's that could be a downward spiral. Right. Because, um, as you know, you know, when 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 you when you can least expect something to come up with a guest at a location, that's when it's going to happen. Right. Um, you know, one of the things I was making fun of and I'll I'll, uh, I'll be done after this is you know how in the construction industry they have have like you know the workers and then they have uh you know the manager whatever in the manager's office there's this safety wall right 
and that safety wall, it says X number of days without incidents or so on and so forth. Or, or even in the manufacturing. Yeah. <laughs> I almost <laughs> think about in an arbitrage or in a short-term rental, you know, how many days or how many hours before, you know, without a guest saying anything, right? Um, mm. It's, you're always going to be ripping that paper down and starting over again. Um, but just because it's, a, it's, especially if you have a lot of units that are high volume, right? But I think when you guys mentioned earlier about the the messaging, your messaging should be so in tune at every little detail and different types of messaging, right? So some of it may be email, some of it may be text, um, some of it may be in the in the in the app. It could be all of those, but including all of that throughout the the user journey or through the guest journey, uh, to where they shouldn't have to ask you anything unless you know something that goes awry that's like not out of the norm, right? And I think that's where it helps you guys minimize time, you guys be more profitable. And then for those that are self-managing, you know, it helps them, you know, uh, minimize that, that communication time and that fatigue as well. So, yeah. I mean, let me, let me touch on something you said a minute ago. You said most your units are 70 to 80% midterm. Now I, I've been talking with Federico about this and, and I would love for us to have our units at 70 to 80% midterm. And I think, and, and I know Federico's on board now, especially after this whole Airbnb uh, debacle, right? That happened where they, <laughs> they paused our units, pretty much shut them all down for a week. Hey, they could, they could come back and say, no, y'all are in the wrong. We're going to shut them down forever. You know, that would mm. suck. And then we lose our super host mm. and we have to start all over from scratch. And then we'll hopefully, we don't get another guest complaining and saying something and the Airbnb takes their word over ours, whatever. So I was I was telling Federico, you know, why don't we do 70 to 80? I actually use those that number, 70, 80 percent, you know, midterm, long term, whatever, travel nurses, traveling professionals, and then just use Airbnb to fill in the gaps. I was like, if some and if some like if we were running at that percentage and Airbnb decided, oh, we're gonna shut y'all's units down for a week, we don't care. 70, 80 percent, we're we're even using y'all. Y'all we're actually doing good in most of the properties because of that. Um so that's something that is helping us because many of the properties we have booking for a month in March, I know people, nowadays people are not booking for more than a month in the past. So I feel like, like it didn't hit us as hard as it could have hit us in a different situation. Uh, but because we're doing midterm stays, we're kind of covered. Uh, I know if you if you look at the numbers, you say okay, mid midterms and you know longer term stays are gonna help you through the slow month, especially now that some of some of our markets for the type of units where we're talking about apartments are it's getting a little bit saturated. So you know sometimes locking a month stay, a hundred percent occupancy, and you know you're covering rent plus making profit instead of looking at what's going to happen in this month that may be slow or not. I'm totally buying that. So, so yeah, and I think, oh, I think you can even like strategically do that too. Like, so mm -hmm. for certain markets where, you know, you have the seasonality, um, you know, whether it's the winter months or, or whatnot, uh, you can start to say, okay, well, let's start to, and I think Micah touched on this. Uh, it's been a while ago because I learned from him about setting up your pricing in a way that makes your listing more conducive to being able to accept those long, those midterm stays, because let's just say, you know, today is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's early spring, right? It's March. If you have somebody that has booked something in, in May, 
for just a weekend or let's just say two weekends in May. And now this, I mean, at this point, you can't even do a three month booking if you wanted to, unless yeah. you were willing to cancel those two weekends far in advance. So I think with the pricing strategy, that plays a huge role in that. Um, so, so many days out, you have a minimum Excellent. stay requirement or yeah. you boost up the price. Um, so, yeah. So two, two things on that real quick before I forget. Airbnb launched a new option where you can set up flat prices for monthly stays. I don't know if you noticed that. So if you're running everything through a, through a PMS, make sure to go to your listing from time to time in Airbnb. And now they open, you know, when you have the notifications, like for example, when you need to take better pictures, they say, get a, get a better, uh, you know, better pictures and get a quote for, for a photographer. They're adding a new option that says, uh, and there's actually a link I can find it for you, Mike, and you can put it on the, on the podcast episode description later. There's a link now that you can go and set up like a flat rate for monthly stays. And you can customize that by month. So you can say January flat rate, 2,500. And then February, 2,800 or on June, $3,000. Be very careful with that. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> They'll let you set up that flat rate. But if you have a monthly discount on it, they will discount on top of that. Really? Yeah. Mm. So if you set your price oh. up to 3,200 and you set up a 20% discount, they're going to give you the disc. They're going to show the guest the discounted price and give you the discounted uh. payout. Oh, so be very careful with that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I just did it. I just did it. I'm like, hold up, somebody, but somebody, but they do boost your listing. So what I did was just like Mike, what Mike said. I go in there and I set up my calendar to get mid to long term stays. Mm -hmm. And I was gonna say with y'all's management company, why aren't y'all doing mid to long term stays? Because I'm, I'm gonna show you an example. Because while y'all were talking, I pulled up my stats. So I had one guest in Dallas. I had one unit that was occupied 24 nights mm -hmm. and the average revenue per night was 120 because I have my calendar set up to only, I have my calendar set up to where I'm only attracting the longer term stay. Yeah. And basically how I do that is I price my houses. I price anything 20 days out is going to be priced really high, but it's going to be discounted if you stay for seven or more days. So somebody looking for a random seven-day stay in April is going to be hard to find. But someone like a traveling nurse looking in April to stay 30-plus days, it's more attractive. Mm. So like all my places right now are occupied. And most, I think the average nightly, the average stay is 24 days because of how I set up my calendar. And then what that does is that lessens your time of dealing with guests and things of that nature. Cause I have really found out all of my get bad guests are leisure travelers. I don't want them. I don't want them. Especially <laughs> bearable travelers. They complain the most. Who? They think they're gonna, they're, you know, they're traveling to Fort Worth and think Verbo, they're gonna stay in a luxury villa yeah. in, in Punta Cana or whatever. And there's There's another thing. I discussed earlier too. Sorry to cut you off. Remote workers, we're all talking about remote workers, but it comes with a huge downfall. Remote workers drive up utilities. Our utilities tripled mm -hmm. focusing on remote workers because always okay, there. Yeah. Yes, they're always there. 
utilities go bro i had a 300 dollar light bill due to remote workers but i'm like yeah they're filling the unit but they're up in the cost yeah so is it really worth it to me a travel nurse is more efficient to the unit mm-hmm. than a remote worker i hate to say that but i just noticed it i'm like they're working from yeah, home they, that's it they got the AC cranked They barely up. there. Yeah, they barely there. Yeah, they so if there's any travel nurse listening to the episode, we love you. All right? Yes. Travel <laughs> the nurses, they ain't in the house. They got the, you know, you can't go check on somebody remotely and, you know, take some blood pressure remotely, you know? So <laughs> these remote workers, bro, it's like, damn, I, I, yeah. I love y'all, but can you, y'all. Can you put it in the, in the lease and somehow every, every with a re- remote worker? Yeah, if you go over a certain amount of electricity, you're paying for that. I don't know. Can you put that in the lease? I really think that's where it's going, Steve. I think that's where it has to go because it's like y'all driving up $300 light bills and like y'all just sitting in there, you know, and people say install the Nest thermostat. Yeah, that works if they ain't there. If they're there, they right. just adjust that shit right back up. You know, you're like, damn, man. But And, and I, I made a post about it on Instagram and a lot of people are noticing it. It's like, bro, they, they sit there and use the, cause they're there. So I, yeah. I don't know how y'all circumventing that. Cause I, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. No, but I know. I, I got the solution. So, okay. So what, what you do is, and, and this was, uh, this, I'm sure you probably saw this post. I can't remember what group it was in. Uh, it was, it was an international, somewhere international um, for the AC. I'm assuming this is an area or a climate that, you know, AC is kind of optional kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They had a coin op, coin operated AC. <laughs> yeah, so so you have to put in a quarter for for the AC to turn on. It, it, it only had a certain amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I stayed at a place like that in Thailand. You know, I booked the place on Booking.com, and you had the option no AC or AC, which was more expensive. Of course, I got with AC. And the difference is they will give you the remote a ticket. Yeah, I didn't think about that. They got coin operated AC units. Yeah, let me let me forward you the TikTok. Yeah. I, I have that's hilarious, bro. That's hilarious. <laughs> like you want that? You wanted it cooler up here, you bro. You gotta come up with that quarter, bro. Like, especially, dang. man, especially in Texas in the summer, man. Ooh, they'll kill us. Because that's what I'm getting killed with, man. So, you know, because because the last two weeks, I think you just need to be upfront or transparent with it on the front end, just so there's no surprises. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Shit. Last week yeah. it was what the average the average. Temperature was 75 degrees. So, you know, with 75 in Texas, you know, for people that ain't from here, shit, they cranking up AC, 75 degree heat in Texas, you know? So, man, I was just like, um, I, and I talked to someone out in Seattle, one of our good friends, a friend of the show, Mac. He goes, dude, I'm going through the same thing. He goes, if you cater to these remote workers, they're sitting in the house just driving up the utilities. So that's something y'all might want to consider when we do these remote workers. Yeah, it helps with occupancy. Uh-huh. But uh, revenue and bottom line, eh? yeah, more, probably you know maybe we can put something on the on the list when it's at the rate booking, something like this is how much we're we're gonna cover on the utilities. Anything on top of this is gonna be charged. It's gonna be deducted from the deposit. You you know I've been thinking oh, about that. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, but so you guys specifically, like, how much more challenging is that gonna be logistically, though, right? Mm-hmm. She's only looking at utility bills right now, so now y'all got to go back, and it's and it's gonna be after the fact too. So I don't know what the the, the time frame is when you can charge and invoice them, because like just like you know with water, it's always delayed a month, right? 
So you, yeah. you only know the usage until after it's done. I guess you can't wait from the past guest. Lock, <laughs> you can lock the thermometer up where they can't change the temperature, right? Well, I, I don't know about that. I think nah, it's it's a you get some phone calls then. Yeah, you're going to get some calls. <laughs> Man, I, I guess I guess you know it's crazy because you know I'm out there looking for properties all the time, and and it's like Dallas, dude. Dallas, it's like there's a there's a lot of one bedrooms, especially two bedrooms for two thousand a month, like condo apartments, apartments for two thousand a month. I'm like, so it so you're over here. So a lot of people are still trying to you know an Airbnb game, trying to catch up to putting someone longer term in there for twenty five hundred a month. But then you just hit on something. You, those departments will throw someone in there, but the, the people are going to pay their electric bill. They're going to pay the water. They're going to pay the gas. They're going to pay everything, right? It's not just they're getting two thousand a month and us. Hey, Airbnbers are getting twenty five hundred. You know, no, you you they're making out better than us because they got to pay all that shit. The three hundred dollar bill, mm-hmm. the person who's there's got to pay it. Man. We're paying well, that, that for them. And on on that on that point, so you so rent, utilities. And I know that every operation is a little bit different, but there are some things that are kind of like standard, right? Like you got, you know, maybe the ring doorbell, or if you got a house, you have a security system, you know, all those different types of subscriptions that you're paying monthly, you know, the minute noise monitoring systems. If you got stay five for the Wi-Fi and collecting guest information and, and so on and so forth. Plus your um, property management system, plus your... Yeah, the the um, pricing strategy, smart, like smart price pricing. all that. And then like... Uh, what was it? Even the other services too. So, so Steve, like uh, with the houses, right? You may have pest control that you're paying for on a monthly or quarterly. You have lawn care. You have um, uh, what's the other? If you have like a maintenance contract with like HVAC, where they come and do like every quarter or every six months or whatever, like a tune-up or something like that, you got that kind of stuff. So it could it could it could stack up. Dude. Now, now we hope that all of this, all of these investments on a monthly or preventative maintenance to minimize and ease everything else, right? And smooth operation. That, that's the intent. But I mean, does that really happen? Is it, is it worth the effort? Like, because I know people that have units don't have, they don't have any cameras at all. They don't have, and so I know some people that don't even have smart locks. They use the, the old, um, uh, the old school uh, lock box or something, you know? I, I, I see it like this, right? So when we first started, we all first started in the game. Rents were around shit, a thousand bucks, maybe mm-hmm. eleven hundred, right? So yes, those mortgages were were big enough for us to absorb those, you know, utility costs, no problem, because we're making two to three thousand, right? But then as rents are going up, and we're still we're still doing our same Airbnb rates, maybe just a little little bit higher, you know, mm-hmm. those margins are getting smaller and smaller for us to make a profit, and the, those the utility prices are getting higher and higher every single year. So it's, it's, but then that's going to, you know, it's going to, it's just going to keep it's the other end of it. The Airbnb prices are eventually going to have to go up, you know, and that's going to make a jump. And then there's going to be a, yeah, but a, as, a as, as there's more offer. Oh shit. That's the thing. There's more people doing it too. So. There's more, more people doing it because <laughs> okay. everyone's jumping on the, on, on the game. So can you really charge? Accordingly yes. to, to the race. I am happy you brought that up. It's solar, man. And then you can have fruit. No. me and mike had this convo this week because we're we're in the middle of lease renewals right so we were like how much is too much to increase on the lease renewal or is the market gonna sustain the lease going up and us raising our prices so like in houston i don't think the market will sustain it because it's oversaturated 
Yeah. What's going to stop Dallas from getting oversaturated? Well, the only good thing I will say, they're in talks with regulations. Houston, there ain't no regulations. Any Tom, Dick, or Jane can go get a lease and start up an Airbnb. <laughs> so, you know, what's the happy medium of, okay, you've raised the rent too much, or is the market going to balance out? I do think in Dallas, the market is going to balance out because it's too many people moving here. Yeah. But other places, I don't know. If your rent goes up $200 and your utilities are going up, inflation is going through the roof, when do you say, okay, F it, I'm out the game here? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, if you can get into a spot where your utilities are covered, because there's some places out there you can, you can get into a condo you know, an arbitrager from somebody. And, and we have one, we have one that does that. And here's the only problem with that. So, so the utilities are included in the rent. Beautiful thing, right? I think we pay 1600 bucks a month, but it's all you included into it. So the it's guests in the are there. It's not in the hood. It's actually oh, it's not- the neighborhood. So it's, <laughs> it's the neighborhood, man. It's a good, you know, it's a rich neighborhood. It's, it's it's a good neighborhood. It's a yeah, good yeah. So they create, yeah. <laughs> Say so that they, again. They, so, what the, the gayberhood <laughs> that's what it's called oklahoma yeah. you never heard that Chase. before micah oh yes yeah, hey, man the best yes. if you invest in west hollywood you'll make the most money of your life <laughs> Go ahead, how do they call it dull income no kids those are the best yes. i'd have done that a long time ago man. <laughs> oh man no, so so this place that we're that we're you know arbitraging at, it's all included: water, electric, everything. And so it's pure profit, right? So someone can get in there and blast the AC all they want, blast the heater all they want. The only problem is it's kind of co-opted. They all share like the AC units in a way where the HOA has to come and turn them on in like April or May. So it's sometimes April gets <laughs> fucking hot, right? So we had that issue come up. And these the our guests are sweating their asses off because it's like you know 90 <laughs> degrees in April. Their asses. But the, the AC don't come on until you know close to May, right? Because mm-hmm. that's just how they do it. And so we had to go install one of those portable R2D2, you know, <laughs> ACs there. And we had to put yeah. some space heaters there because in the wintertime they don't turn it on until freaking January or something like that, right? The heat. So so if you get into a spot that the utilities are included, that's that's the best bet. Otherwise, I don't know, man. It's it's just the rents are going crazy. House prices are going freaking ridiculous. Everything's going up. Oh, man. I don't know. Speaking of house prices, bro. It's ridiculous. There is, there is a house, two houses under contract on my street. One for 360. Three bed, two and a half baths. 600 square feet smaller than mine. The other one, five beds, Two and a half baths, three eighty five, four hundred squeeze four hundred square feet smaller than mine. After I after I get done with this next project, that's gonna free up my HELOC. I'm about this close to selling my house, man. Like I'm like yo, now, yo, especially with inflation going through the roof. I'm like, man, I can pay off all my debt, you know. So I don't know. Sell your house and then go move. Yeah, and now you got somewhere arbitrage. to stay, you know, in the arbitrage. If you need, yeah, stay you know, in mid- Exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm off as an expense, man. Hey, I gotta pay my bills over here. Hey, Michael, can you turn down the AC, bro? Man, I'm paying my rent. <laughs> For real, I, I, like, and that's another thing to look at, you know, like with 
housing prices being extremely crazy, I think maybe I think that makes the management side seem more attractive. Because do you want to be the dude arbitraging a house where the rent's inflated? You know, because, well, the rent's got to be inflated because, well, damn, you, they got to sustain it. But if I'm just managing it, man, I'll, I'll try to, I'll do my best to give you the best profit we can get you. You know, what are y'all thoughts on that? Because that's why I love the management game because it's like, there ain't no damn risk. Mm-hmm. No skin in the game. And, you know, uh, Mike was mentioning that before he was talking about diversifying. And that's, that's a conversation we have with Steve very often. What is a ratio? A ratio of management versus arbitrage. Mm. So we we'll say, okay, for one arbitrage that we make, how many properties do we want to be uh, uh, managing? Mm-hmm. And that, that, you know, that's a good number because you say, okay, if my arbitrage, that's the thing, you want to minimize your risk. And of course, doing management is a less risk, risky option. Yeah. But with less risk is less income less profit revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we say, okay, if we want to invest in, in an arbitrage, okay, how many management properties do we want to have behind? Our, our numbers are around three to four units. So three, three to four management properties for one arbitrage. That's the number we come up with. You know what? I agree. And I think that's where the buying side comes in. I'm going to just share some numbers with you. So on one of the houses that I arbit not an arbitrage that I did a burr on all in, I'm looking at about 1100 all in utilities with the uh, mortgage. That property is going to do about 5k for me this month, which, you know, I'm like, well, damn, if I'm doing 5K on those, one of those probably adds up to about two or three arbitrages for cash flow. Mm. So what I'm doing to back myself out of arbitrage, once I get this new burr up as a short-term rental, I'm probably cut like three arbitrages to save my ass. And I think what you just said is very important because me and Norman discussed that. We said, hey, how many arbitrage is equal to one house or how many management is equal to one arbitrage. You know what I mean? So you can start to fill that number. Cause that's very important to know, you know, to get to your end goal. Cause this is how I say the fastest way to wealth. I think use the short-term rental management strategy to just build up cash, use arbitrage to get off your nine to five, let that pay you pay your bills, let arbitrage do that. And then of course, buying is a long-term wealth game. That's how I look at it. I could be wrong, but y'all tell me y'all thoughts. You want to hear some real time? I mean, depending <laughs> on the market, arbitrage and, and management can almost be a one for one, to be honest. I agree. Like you, you could you could make as much managing as you would doing the arbitrage. And, and I, you know what? That's something we see on some properties, like uh, one Fort Worth, one bed, uh, two bed, two bath downtown apartment was making as management 20% around the same that a not very good performing one better apartment in downtown Dallas was doing. Whoa, that's very important information to know right there. You're saying a high-end, a t- basically a two-bed, two-bed downtown Fort Worth. Yeah, not, 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 high, not even high-end. A lot of amenities, but it was an older building. Mm-hmm. Very well located, 
right next to downtown compared to our one bed, one bath in, in, in lower Greenville, Dallas. Some months we're, we're getting more from the management that we were getting from. Yeah. The only thing it was on the DL, it was on the down low. That one was on the down low. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and, and, and I'll tell you, on that one, they were making out like bandits because they were paying fifteen hundred a month, right? Fifteen hundred a month for two bed and two bath. That's just killing it, right? And then the, I guess the, the apartments, it's time to raise the rent. They're gonna raise it to two thousand a month. That's a jump yeah. right there. <laughs> so you can stay. It's gonna be two thousand a month. I'm like, God dang, bro. It was still profitable for them to 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 stay there, but it was uh, under the radar. Yeah, it was under the radar. So bro, me and Mike going through the same shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> they're raising my two bedroom to like they're raising my two bedroom like two two hundred dollars a month on the renewal. Yeah. So yeah. I mean it is happening. But you're gonna bounce. At least it ain't eight hundred. Yeah. No. I've heard no, some no. people say increase eight hundred. No. I mean wow. Frisco, yeah. They happen, hey, I'm out. Of course. Yeah. My cousin, her her Frisco rate went up eight hundred. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not I'm not gonna bounce. I, I think the market's gonna level itself out. Yeah. You know, um, but that, that, that's very that i'm happy y'all brought that up because i'm like if i get into management which i am i'm only managing higher end units that are going to produce i'm not even going to waste my time on the lower end stuff i'm happy y'all y'all are schooling me on this shit i'm like <laughs> taking notes like fuck that you know? yeah man let, let me tell you something what one of our one of our properties in houston you know houston has been tough i've been looking at the numbers I think I also talked about this last episode that I was here a couple of weeks ago. Man, it hurts. It really hurts. I, I, I couldn't sleep just having to send an email to my clients, you know, telling him that he didn't cut rent mm. February or, you know, because there are no bookings. And this is the worst part. I was looking at the performance of the unit. I was looking at the price labs market dashboard. And I was looking at you know the unit, the similar units to see how much they made, their occupancy, and everything. We were doing better, and still, that was not good for for uh, for rent. I'm gonna help you out. You said you were doing better, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens in Houston is this. Well, how big is this place? To bed, to bed, uh, condo, thousand square feet, maybe. Okay, so this is what you have to do. The average Airbnb host doesn't know what we're talking about right now. What we're talking about getting long and midterm stays and mm-hmm. using uh, the pricing calculators to get those long-term stays. They have no clue what we're talking about right now. Yeah. So you don't want to be competing with them because Houston's oversaturated. Everybody has Airbnb. Um, all my units in Houston, we're booked long-term and we're making money. So what you need to do is set up your calendar to get those long to midterm stays and don't focus on the shorter term stays. Yeah. Then you're going to start making rent. Because I've learned with Houston, if a market is oversaturated, that means you have to get more sophisticated than the average host. And yeah. with our platform and the people we've interviewed, we have access to get more sophisticated than the average host. And that's what you have to do. So your two bed, two bath, what I would do, I would make anything 30 days out, a minimum of seven days, and I would raise all the prices that are 30 days out and then give a 20% discount on anyone that stays 30 days or more. Then your calendar only appeals to people traveling long-term and they're willing to pay a premium because if they're just scrolling through, they see this huge discount, but don't realize they're paying just as much as they're paying long-term. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I've been getting a little bit creative with the, with the front pictures. That's been helping a little bit as well. Um, you know, because that's the thing with so many listings nowadays, you know, shopping on Airbnb is like most of them, they got, you know, everyone got that idea that they had to look nice. Mm-hmm. Now, if your list looks like shit, sorry, no, people are not going to stop on the list. You're looking for a place <laughs> to, to party or do, do a mess, right? So don't take a picture from a phone, get a professional photographer and get some kind of design. Now you got some design, but everyone is, nowadays is getting, you know, that, that, that kind of basic, you know, good looking design, you know, wafer stuff from, you know, looks good. Or what, this property in Houston, man, this is originally uniquely designed. It looks pretty cool. You know, one of the bedrooms looks like it's baseball design. The other one is ba- basketball design. It's really unique, right? I'm trying mm-hmm. to, 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 to showcase that, that unique design to make people, you know, scroll down to, to stop and say, hey, this, is, this looks different. And I think that's another, another thing that from everything we're talking about, at the end of the day, you need to put yourself in the shoes of someone that is looking for stays on Airbnb. If you, if you are listing your place and you're not getting as many bookings, do something. Open a uh, open a new tab on your browser as incognito mode incognito, uh, as and look for apartments in your area, and see where where in which page are you coming up, and see if you're catching the tension among the rest of the list. I'm I'm, I'm gonna take it a step okay. further. I'll, I'll go ahead, Mike. Right. Are you? I got oh. I got three real quick. Okay. So another another thing I've noticed. I mean, this kind of goes without saying, but, you know, when you start a new, when you start a new listing, you know how they give you the boost. I don't know if you guys noticed, and I think maybe Sean or some other people have talked about this before, the boost and the way that it used to be for a new listing is not the same anymore. It, you can, you can start, a, you can start a brand new unit on Airbnb tomorrow and still show up on page 17. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I actually had this happen until we changed some things up for two different listings. But um, where I was going was with that is that, you know, so say when you go to AirDNA and you look at the top 10, I wish they had like top 20, that'd be great uh, for AirDNA. You can kind of see a common thing amongst all those units, right? And nine times out of 10, it's the number of reviews. Those have been, a, they may have been around legacy for a long time, or they just may have like, have had high, high occupancy where they have huge turnover, but they just have a ton of reviews. So mm-hmm. people are always going to gravitate to those. And also with the SEO and the way that Airbnb does that, once you get that, that traction, it, it kind of like creates a snowball effect uh, when you have that many reviews. Um, so there, there's that. The other thing I want to talk about, which I'm sure maybe you guys are thinking about, but it, logistically and accounting wise may make things challenging is with sophistication and diversification and working in saturated markets is one, what other services could you be offering as a management company or even as a, a, a self-host or, or self-managing person to your, to, your, to your clients? Are you doing mid-stay cleans? You know, are you doing partnerships with people with ride shares or are you doing uh, you know, pet and dog walking or sitting and things of nature? Because somebody actually asked me that uh, on two different occasions. Somebody asked me about a cat sitter and then somebody asked me about a dog sitter. 
And I'm like, hey, we don't have anybody directly in-house, but I can refer you to these, you know, one, two, three places that have had good reviews from past clients, so on and so forth. Um, or, you know, a mid, like I said, mid-state cleaning. So all these kind of things to start adding more revenue, right? It's the same thing that the hotels do. They put the wine bottles in your, in your you can, and then you can do stuff like that too. I think Sean has a whole course on how to, to, to do upselling, but um, you can start to fold all those things into your units to start having more like, all those little bitty, uh, what do you call them, trickles or, or droplets of revenue add up over multiple units, right? And multiple uh, clients. So that could that could be definitely be something too. Yeah, the easy, the easy ways to make money is over, right? Yeah. They're yeah. already there. You already got them in the unit at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying one, like, I'm saying like, real, real make, quick. Throw, make an Airbnb and then and then throw some you know throw some furniture in it and make it make mad profit right away those days are over those days are free yeah, yeah. and i've been telling that to steve for a long time he's like yeah i found this place let's throw some some furniture and let's make some money it's, like, <laughs> yeah, it's not like that anymore man uh and you know it's you know airbnb is, is becoming a commodity where you know it it's kind of everything is off everyone is offering the same service it's like an airline and I compare it all the time because that's the industry where I come from. I've been working for 10 years, right? All right. Unless you are very loyal to the, the, the points program from your airline, you're going to get the one that is going to take you there the fastest. And cheapest. it's going to be the cheapest, right? So now with Airbnb, how do you stand out? How do you make yourself the one that people want to pick up? I will say it like our last episode when Alvin Cavalier said, you got to sell check boxes. You got to sell check boxes because they don't know wine is in your place until they get there. So therefore you can yeah. tell them it's there. Hell, they don't read. We know that we don't read. So either you're going to sell pictures, <laughs> you can sell yeah. pictures all day. I can People sell you a picture, read. but read. You're, what you're doing with selling pictures is you're now in the algorithm who has the best pictures. But if I have the best pictures and the only Tesla charger or the only swimming pool, now I get the higher end yeah. guest. So in the state of, in, in Little Rock, there's only like five people with hot tubs. The lady with the hot tub, she charging $300 a night. I'm like, shit, her mortgage is probably 600. <laughs> shit, she making all the money in the weekend. She chilling like, yeah, I got a hot tub. I, I spent seven grand on that, but I'm getting all my money back. You know, so you, you got to start offering stuff that's not that's not in your market and then offering it, making sure it's in that checkbox because upselling, yeah, it works, but the people don't read shit, man. They ain't reading what's in your list and they, they see look a picture. At the, they look yeah. at the first three pictures. On yeah, like, like Steve said, like Steve even said, man, I clicked that pool button. If you ain't got no pool, you ain't standing out anyway. You ain't coming up for me. So you, you, you out. You know what I'm saying? Let, let, let me get it. Let me get into a point with this that okay. I was telling Steve the other day. I was like, man, I need to bring this up to 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 Mike and to Mike to see if you've seen this happening. Mm -hmm. I raised the prices on some of my properties, and we've been getting more bookings because yeah, I think yeah. there's people that are filtering. Like, I don't want to see anything cheaper than this because it's gonna be crap. Because they know the quality. Yep. Yeah. But the thing is, if you do that now, you got to deliver. You got to deliver. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. That's the problem. Exactly. You can't be charging 800 at the ghetto motel, man. <laughs> and that's the problem. You know, I, I learned that the hard way. Is And here's some advice for everyone out there. He's All right. If you if you have if you have some properties that you know they're not for elderly people, 
that they are just for young people. Market that, that people. It is not wrong to say in your listing that there's gonna be noise. Yeah. It's not wrong to say there's homeless people around your 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 apartment that are harmless, but they're they're out there. Sometimes you're actually setting, setting, the, the, setting expectations. That's what it's all about, expectations. right? Expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, for real, because that's that's where where. At the end of the day, that's how we end up hitting the most with the one-star reviews. If you set the expectations from the start, you put, I mean, there's always a way to, to, to phrase it. Like, you don't want to say this is, this is a ghetto place and you're going to get homeless people around you and you're going to get shot. You want to say this is an up-and-coming area. You know, you, you want to put like and You nicely, might get shot a little bit. You might get shot yeah. a little bit. <laughs> but you want, you want to put it in a way where people know what they're going to expect <laughs> when they arrive. Since we've done that, we've only been getting five-star reviews. Yeah. Before That's we did that, we were getting one-star reviews because neighbors were, lo- were loud, the area wasn't really nice, and whatever they were saying. Yeah, and, and, that's, and I think that goes back in there if you're just trying to sell pictures. You sell mm-hmm. pictures. Your pictures can look like the Taj Mahal. But you're pulling up to, you know, yeah, outside, step outside the door. <laughs> yeah, if you're pulling up to South Dallas, you got to be real with the guests. Like, you know, it's an up and coming area. <laughs> Pictures look nice, you know, but, you know, it, it, it's a different area. Go ahead. You, you remember when we very first started this podcast was like five, six years ago by now? It's been yeah, time 17. So, what, yeah, five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. And me, this that was the early stages of Airbnb, right? I mean, you would look through the listings and just laugh at some of the uh, some of the listings, right? Yeah. And remember that one that was like in Compton, and it said a real hood experience. And it showed, <laughs> and it showed a couch, a dirty ass couch. This is where you're gonna sleep, right? And it goes, and it said, "Look out the window, and you can see a real drive-by." And it was like <laughs> someone actually wrote the whole listing, and they were charging like five hundred bucks a night for a real hood experience. You know what though? That dude was in the game too early because now you can have experiences on Airbnb. Hey shit, he would have been making millions, you know. <laughs> if you wanted to make money off that, that dude, he, he basically had this whole ghetto house set up. He was like, you can, you know, it's a ghetto house, you know, it's a hood experience. You know, Man, they did it in Brazil and they did it in Argentina. You get to go to the slums over here, and you know, this is like something like a curiosity experience <laughs> Hell, yeah. you can make me any money everything and that one People i showed you was experience. was pretty much a brothel over there in new Brunfels, texas it was really? pretty much a brothel man it was just like oh. hot young girls they were that, that's all the pictures was the hot young girls <laughs> all throughout the house at the, hanging at the pool and it said yeah and you can stay here the room was a shitty little room you know a little bit look like a dorm room but it said and, and, and you could interact with the girls as much as you want. I was like, this is a fucking brothel, man. This is a, that back in the olden days. It's yeah. just the wild, wild west of Airbnb. No, you know, but not- I, I think what it, we're coming down to, you got you to gotta cater to your guest avatar, right? Yeah, Who's exactly. comfortable in this location, right? If you're not comfortable, you know, like with my Arkansas, remember you, and, and we talked about back in the day, remember when I first started my Arkansas unit, I was like, remember, I remember we talked about it in the cast. I'm like, man, it's kind of, it ain't in no, it ain't in the hood. But if you walk around the corner, you might see some shit go down. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, and I was like, well, damn, I don't want to list it. But I listed it and it worked perfect because I said it's in a, it's in, what, how I quoted it. It was, it's in an older community where people, the neighbors will speak to you. 
you know, but I did get comments saying it's a great neighborhood, but if you walk down the street, it ain't, you might not. <laughs> no, I had some people from Canada. They were honest. They were like, I, it's not a neighborhood. I would go jogging, you know, other than that, but you know, and then I think I showed Mike a picture of the day, you know, I put the Tesla charges in there. I put it in the mastermind group. I put Tesla charges in there and I was like, people with Tesla's pulling up to the hood, you know, they don't, you know, but I think it's starting to reshape the, the community, you know, and, and just find little things like that, like things that aren't offered and then offer them to your guests. And, you know, if you try to get every guest at your property at the end of the day, it may be, you know, it may backfire to you because yeah. that's, that's the thing. You may say it, it's you okay to, to narrow it down guess. to, yeah, to, to if, a group. If every, if every person is your client, you don't have a client. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's what we came up with, Steve. It's like, you know, these, these units in, in Lower Greenville, these are for young people. We yeah. can't host, you know, uh, middle-aged or elderly people here. It's, it's, we just can't. Because neighbors are going to be smoking pot and they're going to be loud and they're going to be partying. It reminds, me, it reminds me of myself going to hostels, right? I always put it this way. This way. And you, you, you guys know I traveled to 60 countries. I used to travel a lot. I was younger and I love to travel. I was like, I used to go to hostels and sleep in a bedroom with 20 people, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But there's always one drunk asshole that will wake you up at 3 a.m. <laughs> coming back from the bar. When I stopped being that drunk asshole, I stopped going to hostels because it was me. <laughs> so then I started going to hotels. That's, that's the thing. So there, there's a market for each place. And there's a there's an avatar. There is. You, you have to know and you have to know that avatar. If you don't know that avatar, it's gonna come back and bite you in the ass. You know it. And I don't know, we might have to put this part on the Patreon. But me and my I'm gonna say me and my wife have both noticed at one of our places in Dallas, it's better served to men than women because of the neighborhood and the check-in instructions and things of that nature. So I have to start, mm. start putting things in to cater it to men because men don't complain, but women coming by themselves and with their friends, they're like, oh, I ain't trying to stay here. You know, so, <laughs> you, you know, and it's one of them, you know, me and I, I think me and a past guest, we talked about it. Me, you, me, the past guest, and Steve talked about it. But, you know, you, you have to know those things. Is it better served to women or to men? You know, that, that's another thing. So, you know, just understanding your neighborhood and understanding who's going to come to that neighborhood, you know, that, that's, you know, in the profile picture goes and into it, that as well. And, and, and not, not to discriminate, but, you know, and that's the whole point of like, um, you know, fact finding and asking questions and all that kind of stuff about, you know, the reason why you're here and so on and so forth is that you can self-screen those guests and you can decide and you may not say, hey, I, you shouldn't stay here. Obviously, you want to word it in a different way, but you have the autonomy. You are the host. It's, you don't have to accept every um, every guest. Now, granted, if you decline too many in a row, then that starts to you know mess up your SEO and so on and so forth. But I think that's where a lot of people fall into the trap or get into trouble is they just they just accept everything because they, they need to get as much money as possible, right? Yeah. And that's not that's not what what you should be doing. Um, <laughs> And I don't even feel like you have a target avatar if you're doing that. You know, that means you need to change something in your listing. So, like, uh, I was reading the book by Michael Malkovich. I don't know how to say his last name. He's due to real profit first, and he has a bunch of good business books. Basically, in one of his books, he said he was talking to this black lady. She had owned a business, and she was catering her business to everyone. 
And she became a billionaire, uh, uh, no, a multimillionaire after she just learned to cater her business to black women because they are the one who resonated with the information she was given. Mm. And he, and he said, it shocked me. He goes, you have to discriminate in business. If you want to be successful, you have to like, like, I think it's, who is it? Ferrari or Lamborghini. We don't make commercials because the people who drive our cars don't watch TV. Mm. You have to discriminate. I don't. Yeah. We're going to have to put this on Patreon. We do a word, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you know, I'm not catering to you. You know what I mean? You you don't you don't fit my guest avatar, you know? So you you have to do that in business, man. You have to. Mm-mm. It's like, we, it's like we, we can do it for you, but you won't be satisfied. You won't be best served. Like, that's yeah. the best way to put it, I think. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, it's really hard for a guest, uh, uh, and, you know, declaring a booking, it's really hard because you get Airbnb and you see on the on the right side how much you're going to make for this thing. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard, to, it's hard to say no to, to hit the decline, but yeah, sometimes it's better to say no. Yeah, I hit that decline on your ass real quick if I see that you ain't about to be the one for me, man. I hit that <laughs> decline like, ah. I ain't gonna lie. I'm dealing with a guest right now. I should have declined, man, but it was them 30 days, so I'm like, man, I'm booked. Mm. Man, these ghetto-fied mm. mother... Man, these people got bikes all in the yard. They're parking cars in the in the the grass. I'm like, oh shit, man. What part of the gutter are y'all from? But yeah, go ahead. No, I I was just saying, I mean, you know, I I think you know, when you're able to like do that filtering, I mean, it just it offers for a better experience. I mean, um on on both sides, right? Because then there's not any kind of animosity or you know, missed expectations or you know things of that nature um but uh but yeah i mean one of the things i have written here before i forget not to pivot from the conversation or that that topic particularly is uh back to to adding well kind of adding value but also uh differentiating and being unique in the market and being strategic i guess is i think the ultimate play for short-term rentals is to operate as if Airbnb never existed. So that means your marketing strategy, your everything else, your brand, your tailoring, your communications should all work in, a, in an effort towards getting you to that point to where, you know, Airbnb is just, you know, just kind of, you know, when it's there, I can use it. If not, that's fine too. So what that means is in these markets like Houston, it so, and I, and I think that's the that's the, the trap, right? Or the golden handcuffs with Airbnb and just other OTAs as well, is that your cost, your acquisition cost is ultimately is very, very low, right? Mm-hmm. And it's automated. You don't have to do anything after you list. Now, granted, we know you have to do other things like pricing strategy and all this other stuff, but ultimately you don't have to do anything once it's listed. The people just come to you. And so where you be, where you have to be strategic in those markets that are saturated is you have to start building relationships with other companies so that you can start to build leads and really down, double down on the direct or direct bookings. Because the things, the things I think about is in any, really in any market, Houston, Dallas, I need to be making connections and relationship with realtors because they're working with people that are coming into the city, right? Mm. Need somewhere to stay uh builders 
they are building brand new homes. And as they're being built, those people need to stay somewhere. Movers, same mm-hmm. scenario. They know when these individuals are coming into town. Hey, they know so many months in advance, so on and so forth. And you can set up a referral system or you can set up, you know, something of that nature to be able to do that. Um, I said realtors already. Um, Pimps. And then just obviously other, other, uh, <laughs> other hosts and... <laughs> Uh, other hosts um, as well and, and your own network i think because i think the yeah. more the more you talk to people about what you're doing <laughs> then they can connect you with other people <laughs> so sorry, did i say realtors <laughs> <laughs> did i say pimps <laughs> they know hey they got the ear to the street <laughs> i heard i heard a thing one time i'm sweating i'm sweating more than a pimp with one hoe that's some, that's some sweating right there right <laughs> so in other words y'all need multiple hoes out there not just the one hoe being airbnb i mean right? yeah I you mean, need multiple yeah. hoes you need multiple that, streams to, of income to, <laughs> go get you, to, go get you, to go get you that money because my money is funny okay. it's the drink oh man <laughs> yeah, you, you got airbnb, airbnb oh. go down then you got the other ones working for you look yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's I'm good sweating. to have a bottom hoe, but you don't want that to be your only hoe. You don't want the only hoe. I'm sweating more than a pimp than one, with one hoe, man. That's just not good. I heard uh, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg said that, so he's the legend. Legend of Snoop. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like when Michael was talking about being rich or being wealthy, he reminded me of Chris Rock quote when he said, you know, rich is some shit you can lose with a crazy summer and a drug habit. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Chris Rock is the goat, man. Yeah. I love some Chris I love Rock. Him, man. Chris Rock is the goat. But yeah, you know, it, it, you know, and yeah, I think this, this is a real good conversation tonight, y'all. This is really good. Man. I think we probably had enough fair share of drinks tonight. <laughs> Mike, Mike, you need to tell the tell the guests about our meetup coming up. It might, it might oh, yeah. you know, I know this show might come go past it, but but plus the the future meetups coming up, live that thrive meetup. So you can tell the guests all about that fun stuff. Matter of fact, yeah, I'm going to drop this meetup. Wait, I'm going to drop this episode way before the meetup. Okay, Maybe I drop it on Monday. I'll see. My, I'll drop this bitch on Sunday. And, and we'll, so everybody can see it. Go ahead. Drop it like it's hot. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> well, we'd love to invite each and every one of you to come join our local meetup here in Dallas. Uh, STR Dallas meetup uh, hosted by Live Let Thrive. Uh, we're developing Live Let Thrive University. Uh, an opportunity for uh, STR operators at all levels to be able to learn and elevate uh, their practice, gain resources, tools that they can use in their everyday operations, and really be able to have the strong networking piece, which I think everyone is looking for, uh, especially uh, in person, uh, especially with all these uh, virtual events that are going on. So uh, definitely love to have you all. Uh, It's going to be March 10th in Dallas in Bishop Arts at 6.30 p.m., um, and we'd love to see you there. Now, could you do it one more time with a lot less, uh, <laughs> a lot less, uh, Sorry, I'm messing with man, you. y'all want to edit that out? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, P, we don't do no hey, editing. We, we, don't we edit dropped it raw, man. <laughs> <laughs> we raw dogging. Um, now, if you listen to my, if you listen to me on the show, I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I keep saying that. All the time. That's my, that's my crutch, you know? You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I've I have been off of podcasting for 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 a while, so I lost I lost the knack a little bit. I got a I'm a little rusty. So. You a little rusty? All right, we'll give yeah. you that. 
<laughs> hey man, man, but you touched on something man. though. Live Let Thrive University, man. That's that's coming up. Yeah, LLC yeah, we're, unit. We're gonna be a lot less. Uh, we're gonna be a lot more sober when we teach you guys stuff. Yeah, LLT <laughs> University is coming, man. This is the whole LLT family that will be there to present it to you. Um, but yeah, we we decided we got excited, man. We've been what almost over, well over two hundred hours, and it was just time to just really start putting stuff out there to bring value to you guys, where you guys can come in and actually just meet the whole crew of what makes LLT run. And uh, yeah, we want to definitely thank y'all for continuing to listen to us. We know we get a little, we ain't like other podcasts, you know, we, we, we get a little wild, but you know, I think that's what makes us fun though. You know, we let the average person can do it. You know, you don't have to be some dude in a suit and tie who has to, you know, the average person can do it. Anybody can do it. So we'll definitely be bringing that to y'all and thank y'all for continuing to listen. And Feta, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to fly in Feta, March 10th. No, I wish I could, man. My tourist visa expired. I'm waiting for my other visa to get through. Oh, my case got approved, uh, so hopefully in a couple of months I get over there nice. legally. Uh, but uh, he'll be here for the next one. He'll be here for the next one. Yeah, definitely. And with all the shit going on, I ain't trying to be in the air right now. Anyway, it's too much shit going man. on in the world right now. So you know, <laughs> stay ten toes down. Stay ten toes. Man, one, down. one thing, if you can do, guys, uh, you can book on an Airbnb in Ukraine uh yeah. no fees no commission all the money is going to the host the local host already booked a stay a short stay for the people over there i was in ukraine in 2017 those are beautiful wow. people wonderful wonderful people mm. they're going through a tough situation not getting into politics or anything but you know what's going on over there it's tough it's not fair so if you want to help help uh, uh another host you can just book for two three nights all the money is going straight to them that's facts. That's facts. I'm, I'm doing that this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Because that could very well be us. People don't think about that because they exactly. think people think, you know, people are entitled. They say, oh, that'll never happen in the United States. But you never know. So, we don't know. And another thing, if you are doing it, try to do it with an experienced host, not somebody who just set up a listing yesterday in the Ukraine. Yeah. Don't, you know, because I was in the Airbnb groups and they were like, bro, it's a bunch of scam and shit going on. So mm -hmm. do it to somebody who has reviews. And uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, help out as much as you can. As soon yeah. as you do it, ask them what the Wi-Fi code is. <laughs> <laughs> Might got to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's bombs going off. Why are you asking me this? Sorry, no. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, man. That was my job on the show. I bring levity. This host wasn't comment. responsive. I, I don't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one star. One star review. One star review. They didn't give me the chicken instructions. God, man. Wait, I sent. I sent to my wife. You know, our anniversary is in ten days. So I sent a picture to her after after I booked. Let me let, let me find it. I say like. Okay, I can't hold the surprise. We're going on vacation. So I said, listen, your your booking for Kiev is confirmed. And oh. she's like, oh, I thought we we're actually going on a trip. I got excited. I was like, man, <laughs> now I need to put so you, <laughs> you, man, we need This episode oh, will not man. age well. No, <laughs> We keep it real. We have fun. We need to put a disclaimer before you listen to this. We love the Ukraine. There we do, man. But yeah, I, I hate that's going on. But yeah, definitely try to oh, donate yeah. if you can. And uh, yeah, prayers up for them. And uh, thank y'all for continuing to listen, man. It's been awesome. And we'll definitely be dropping that LLT University. So thank y'all. And come to the meetup in Dallas. Definitely come to the meetup. 
We are out. See you there. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.